0: Thank you for listening to Room 9, My Daddy's Podcast. Hope you enjoy. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9. If you better yourself, you better the world.
1: So I just remember back then, like I was miserable. I was miserable with, you know, thinking that whenever I got an assignment, I always thought like the other person, like, how could they ask this? This is an incomplete brief. Like I just would be very critical of someone else, which really now I realize it was a reflection of how critical I was to myself. And so I have more compassion for old me and thinking about that. And so that's why I want to help people who they're they're miserable. In their creative world like they got into creativity and that career because they loved it and i remember loving it when i was studying it but then when i got into the career world i felt instantly when i got a job that i had to prove myself
0: and that was today's guest melinda Livesey. all i have to say this week which by the way i'm a day late hopefully not a buck short sorry that was terrible But this week and the next week, these two conversations have been probably two of my all-time favorites thus far. This year has been just so far fabulous with podcasts and conversations. Let's just start calling this what this is. This is just a chronicle of my conversations. But anyway, this week and next week have just been humbling conversations for me. I have realized it was just a reminder of there's not only always, but I still have so much work to do in me, in my ego, and everything else. So it's been awesome, awesome conversations. And ironically, which I love, both of the people I talked to are technically from designer to brand strategist, and the conversations we had were extremely deep. And just enjoy them because I absolutely loved them. All right. Love you guys. Peace. this is super laid back always I don't I don't ever Fabian actually we had a group just before this it was at one my time and you know he said um you know have you seen your numbers go up I was like "You yeah, know, I have not even looked yet at my podcast episodes because <laughs> I mean this is to its core I just love having these conversations and that's what it's all about for me and people are always down for podcasts Right. It's yeah. like, hey, you want to do a podcast, especially in the behavioral health world, because they're so far behind. They're like, oh my God, a
1: podcast? Yeah. Yeah. There's someone else I'd love to introduce you to as well that I think would be a really good guest for your show. So, yeah, um, I'll, I'll always take that. Referring. Yeah. He's big into like the mental health for creatives, especially. He's one of my coaches that teach with me. Okay. So, yeah, awesome. he's amazing. But yeah. I think it'd be a good time.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, wherever you want to get going, Belinda, I don't, I don't really care. I just like, I loved how you have you know, started, and I can tell, obviously, from your conversations that I've been online on YouTube, um, I can tell that you have worked hard to get to where you're at, and I can tell even how open and honest you are on those videos about what you're struggling with, that you've had to get over some insecurities and everything else, which every human does, and if they're lying. They're full of crap anyway so you know to, you know start with me how did this whole process start you were you were a designer and then you got an itch i guess as far as you don't have to get into technique as much as you know mentally your mental battleground because that's just as mm-hmm. important
1: oh man i um when i first started out as a designer i whenever i teach something now it's as if i'm, I'm thinking of old me like mm-hmm. me when i first got hired um because i used to work at oakley for about 7 years on and off for 7 years and man i i was prideful i thought i knew everything i was looking at all these older like art directors creative directors and i'm like what do you know when i could have been learning from them mm. so i just remember back then like i was miserable i was miserable with you know thinking that whenever i got an assignment i always thought like the other person like how could they ask this this is an incomplete brief like i just would be very critical of someone else which really now I realize it was a reflection of how critical I was to myself. And so I have more compassion for old me and thinking about that. And so that's why I want to help people who they're, they're miserable in their creative world. Like they got into creativity and that career because they loved it. And I remember loving it when I was studying it. But then when I got into the career world, I felt instantly when I got a job that I had to prove myself and it was something I took on. It wasn't that anyone told me that it was just like a natural progression. I was learning and then I finally get the job and I felt like, okay, now I'm supposed to prove myself. And with that came a fixed mindset thinking that I had to prove now all that skill and ability that I have from school, not realizing that I'm still learning. And even now I'm still learning. So yeah, that that's where I started. <laughs> so it wasn't fun. And I did not take responsibility for where, where I was either. So and what I felt. So I was I was very miserable, but then blamed it on the job, blamed it on coworkers, blamed it on my boss, or when I did freelancing, blamed it on my clients. And it was never my problem. Like they were a problem for me, but I, I never accepted it as well. Okay, this is how it is. So what are you gonna do about it? If you're miserable, go get another job. Or approach it differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go talk to your boss about something, bring up something, ask questions. So that's where I was. And then I started, um, so I got laid off from that job. They cut the creative department and I was like, yes, finally I could start my own thing. I've always wanted to be working for myself. And in that process of learning how to work for myself, then I met Christo, he became a coach. And I realized there was so much that I didn't know and that <laughs> I was still learning surprise surprise like we're still learning but for but even like it's such a cliche to say like oh we're lifelong learners like i could say that but i wasn't actually doing it and not until i really did start learning and being vulnerable enough to say i don't know i don't even know what i don't know i don't know the questions to ask (laughs) that that's when I started to actually grow so
0: yeah well it takes a lot to just say hey i don't know something i don't know why because I think most of us don't know 90% of anything right yeah. like we don't know anything and I don't know why we feel dumb sometimes I don't know if it's maybe when it's we're in the field of something we're quotes supposed to be professionals or we're supposed to have a degree and it is a cliche to say you know you always keep learning but it's funny I remember the the I don't know if you ever heard the psychology um dunning- Kruger effect the mm-hmm. more you know the more you know the less you think you know and that is such a real thing because I just, most of my like first life, I've spent diving into philosophy and psychology, trying to fix myself. And it's just so hilarious how the more you find out about something, you're like, you feel dumber. You really do.
1: Yeah. It opens. It's like you get through one door and you're like, yes, that's the only door that I need to go through. And you get through it. And then you realize a hundred more that you could go through. And you're like, oh, well now, now I'm going to open up another can of worms. And you go through the next one and you realize a thousand doors just open to things you don't know. And so that uh, just keeps going.
0: That's I know. I love <laughs> Alan Watts is one of my favorite authors, people. He, he he died a while ago, but he always talked about, you know, life's life's a game and you got to learn to not take it too seriously because it's a trick. It really is. And you think yeah. something's going to make you happier down the road. So you work hard for it. And it's really all about finding balance, right? Which is which is tough to do. But even you talked about blame, you know, and how we um, resentment and we don't speak up and stick up for ourselves and then get angry at people because we didn't even you know share our opinion and then we leave and we're bitter and we're prideful and so that's a lot for you to have to break through and I think I mean kudos to you because majority of people sit there and lost in their projections on the world and can never really come to that that space where they can all right I got to I'm actually talking about me here every time I see something in somebody else
1: yeah which was a really harsh reality for me to come to terms with because I could almost feel the ego death like, like it, hurt. oh, you
0: can physically it Yeah,
1: hurt. Yeah. And it, so I remember, um, a couple of times where it was like, I had this awakening, like, oh wait, I'm the problem. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was, I just remember this sense of like very scared because it was, it was that feeling of like being just vulnerable and broken open and being, seen by the world of like oh no you actually see me for who I am and there was like some personal instances that had happened that that brought that about for me and that I just remember so vividly going oh wait (laughs) this is me oh no oh no but then so there was that feeling but then immediately there was this feeling of of empowerment almost Mm -hmm. because I realized oh wait oh I have I have more control over this i thought because this whole time i thought the power was with everyone and everything else the circumstances people clients bosses jobs and it it was here this whole time so it was like this immense feeling of vulnerability but then immediately after it was like oh 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 i have the power Mm. to do something about it but it it would i was always like going back and forth between the two because then i was like yes i feel powerful and then I would take a step to learn something, or take a step into something, realizing like, oh, I don't, I don't know anything. And then I fail at it and make mistakes. And then you feel, ho- and then I feel vulnerable again. And then, what I can do something about this? And so it was this like constant oh,
0: back and forth ping Ping-pong.
1: Ping ponging, yeah, which we meant to.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's crazy, difficult. I feel like um, everything in life is that, especially when you're doing a freelancing thing on your own, and you have to. It, it's kind of very similar to that like it's that up and down. All right, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be great. And then it's like, oh, wait. And I think that's why the key, at least for me, and I feel like uh, the key that's missing for a lot of people is that self-love, self-acceptance to cut yourself some slack. It's okay Mm -hmm. to screw up. Everybody does. And so, so many of us get stuck in self-pity or resentment. When we screw up, we don't learn anything.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, and I grew up thinking a complete opposite, like, oh, I, I have to be perfect. And I wouldn't use those words because I think if I said that out loud, I'd be like, oh, no, it's perfect. But mm-hmm. it was something I, I realized to operate my life on. Like I would be so upset if I did something wrong. I I didn't go to the art school that I wanted to because I knew subconsciously that I wouldn't be the top. And, mm-hmm. and I went to a school that I still, you know, I got a fine education and it was great. I had wonderful professors, but I went to a school where it was possible for me to be the top the top student. Hmm. So I put myself in situations where I would be the top one so that I wouldn't feel bad about myself and then feel that, you know, vulnerability of of that gap, the the knowledge gap between what I could know or what I wanted to learn and where I actually was. I didn't want to feel that gap. So I always put myself in positions where there was no gap at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting too how subconsciously we we can do things. And it goes back to the power, I always say the power of our, our psyche is incredible. And when we, we put ourselves in positions all the time that we don't even know we're doing intentionally to make it either maybe easier or whatever that case may be safe, usually is probably the, the correct word for it. So how did you like how did you end up kind of all right, I'm done, you know, building those walls and doing. A, I mean, what was that main do you have a main moment? Was it kind of just a, a bunch of things together? that caused that mind switch?
1: Well, it was that, it was that moment I was telling you about that, like that it hit me that -hmm. there was issues with some personal relationships. And, and there was a moment where like people found out about stuff and, and I was in the middle of all this and I said things I shouldn't have to people. And I was trying to cover it up. And then I realized like, wait, no, this is a good thing. It got, I got exposed because Mm. this is about me and my actions. And I, was, I was the type, this is horrible, but I'm totally admitting this, that I used to be the type (laughs) to be like super nice to your face Mm -hmm. and then go say stuff behind your back. And it's, I mean, I say that now it's, I feel horrible for saying that, but that's really the truth. Like that's what I was like. And then it got exposed that I was like that. I was like, oh my gosh, like, no, no, no damage control. But then no, it's, it's not the other people. I don't need to blame the other people. This is me, but I have again, the power to change. And so I think that was the moment that things changed but it was it was like it put me through that doorway
0: mm-hmm. it didn't
1: change right away it didn't change everything right away but it opened the doorway for me to end up going to therapy end of me going to support groups to work through things that I needed to um so it was that that moment that was like the switch going from external blame to you know I need to take responsibility for myself mm-hmm. and then from there taking the steps to work through that
0: yeah, I remember, I, th- I feel like my experience was kind of like that. It's just almost like, boom, you know, just kind of, you got to do this. This, you know, just put in front of you forcefully almost. it's. I mean, eventually you get, if you're curious and you keep searching inwardly, eventually it's going to happen. And it kind of does, it almost feels like it comes out of nowhere. And it is a tough thing. I, f- I have found a, a strange beauty in it, kind of that vulnerability that, you know, just that pure authenticity that you can be, Hey, here's my mistakes. I mean, that was so badass just to hear you say that, you know, how, you know, your past and this is how I was. And to be able to say that out loud, because I think so many people are doing that. They don't even realize they're doing it.
1: Yeah. And I, I consider myself, I mean, looking back at that time, I was blind. It was like, it was this weird thing where it was like, I knew, but then I didn't because I was so focused on, external blaming of everyone else and so I, I was blinded to my own self so that's that's the way I could describe it where it's almost like you kind of know but it's a blinding and so it was as if in that moment it was like the blinders are taken off and yeah, then I, I, I love the reality <laughs>
0: I love I think Brene Brown in her TED talk on vulnerability I don't know I'm sure you've seen it I feel like everybody has. Mm-hmm. She calls it, a you know, not a spiritual awakening, but a nervous breakdown. And I think that, I feel like that's what it feels like more <laughs> yes. is like, oh, my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so that was kind of the beginning of your like design stage brand strategy, like basically makes you take control of a room, get up in front of people. Mm-hmm really be emotional, intelligent, really kind of be on top of things and a great communicator. How did you get the confidence to break through even that? Because I feel like that's another stage in and of itself from design, but then to go in because so many designers are, are the same. So many creatives are the same, right? Usually you can kind of, it's not a prerequisite, but you're you're introverted. Mm-hmm. You know, You're quiet. You don't, you're not really want to get up and talk in front of people. You just kind of want to sit in your corner and do this. But there's a lot of people who want to break out of that, but can't. So what was your stage? Was that kind of along with your first one? Did it all kind of come together or was it, all right, now you're working through your design career and you are still feeling something's missing?
1: Yeah, it was, it was down the line. So I had, we'll say that, uh, spiritual waking, nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a while ago. I mean, it was like nine years ago, right around that. And so I was slowly working through that. And then I got laid off in 2015. And so that's when I started working for myself. Okay. And about two years into that, 2017 is when I met my coach. And I think that was the next like awakening. Uh, so I had met him because I was engaging with his content online and I was doing the logo assignment that he put out. And I, I was at this weird place where I had seen my younger cousin, he's a concept artist, and he was, he was spending all night getting better at his craft. Like he was looking at teachers online. He was going through e-courses. He was studying his favorite artists. And I had come to a point in my design that I, I was just feeling like stuck. I wasn't getting any better. I didn't know what I should do to get better. And I was like, well, maybe this is just it. And I, and in my head, I just accepted like, well, that's just, this is what I, I have. And I didn't even think of like growing or that I could. So I had this weird thing of like, well, you're too old. <laughs> <Like> so, <laughs> so late, but I, but that's what I had thought at the moment. But then I saw him and he was like doubling in his ability every time that I mm-hmm. saw him. I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause we would get together and we would just work and he would paint while we were together and he was getting so good and I've known him since he was born. And so to see him progress. You know, he would slowly progress throughout the years, but that year in particular, he was getting really good. And I'm like, well, dang, if he can do that, like get on it, Melinda, like stop making excuses. So that really encouraged me to start working on my own craft. And that's when I found um Christo. And so what was funny it kind of brings me back to that art school moment. He taught and went to the art school that I wanted to go to. And then he was giving free content online of what he would have taught in that mm-hmm. art school. And I'm like, well, now. I have to do it <laughs> because <laughs> this whole time I was complaining that I couldn't go because of cost or what all the excuses. And now I have it given to me on a silver platter for free. Mm-hmm. Why not do it? And so I downloaded the assignments, I did them. I was tracing logos hours, like hours and hours after I would do my freelance work. And I spent weeks on it, like i still had that like perfectionist mentality of, like i'm gonna do great at this instead of like what can i learn <laughs> so i but i but i still learned a ton but i i think in the back of my head i just wanted to be really good at it and it got his attention and then he asked me to come on his youtube show like we we had a series of conversations um mm-hmm. and he was coaching me for free because he saw i don't know what exactly he saw but he did tell me like you're you're doing these assignments and analyzing them similar to how I would is there another me running around out there I was like oh my gosh what and so then he asked like well what are your thoughts about being on YouTube we could try out you being coached on the show and so I was terrified because introvert like you were saying I hid behind email like I was even freaked out to get on a video call with him and so I was like well I got it. I got to do this. Like who gets this kind of an opportunity. Mm. And at that time he had a large following at that time. I think he was around like 120,000 on uh, YouTube, which was like, Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Which now he's over a million A million, yeah. blows my mind, <laughs> blows my mind. So, so then I was like, what, this is crazy. And I didn't have any sort of social following. It wasn't that I lurked, you know, on Instagram. So I was like, I have to do this. Like I have to just suck it up and do it. And so, uh, that was another time where I did something that I didn't know how it was going to turn out. He even said, he's like, we'll see how it goes. Like we don't have to, we don't promise anything. We just will test it out and see. And if it works for us both cool, if not, it's Mm -hmm. fine too. And there was something he told me that before, I think it was before I got on, uh, the first show and he said, all I'm asking is that you're utterly honest, that's all. That's all you need to come with is in like, you don't need to know anything. You don't need to be an expert at anything. Just come with your questions, come with all of your objections to anything I say, and just be honest. That's all mm-hmm. because in our conversations, you could tell, like I was very open because at that time I had had years of being in therapy and being in support groups, So I got really comfortable with just being open about, Hey, this is where I'm at. This is probably why it happened. This is what I'm hoping for. Like, I was very comfortable in describing what was going on because I had been practicing that every single week for years. Um, so by the time me and him talked, he was like, very self-aware, <laughs> you can describe what's going on and your questions. So that's how I got in the show. But I think it felt like jumping in the deep end. It was so scary. Like cameras talking to someone who was intimidating, who, you know, he's won Emmys. Like what? <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. But um, but when he told me like all I'm asking is that you're, you're you that's all
0: that's awesome
1: I'm like I can I can do that yeah I'm
0: good at that yes. actually
1: <laughs> I'm totally good at that I've been practicing yeah so I think that was the next one so so in that and talking about brand strategy you were asking you know he he was teaching me how to listen and ask questions and not just jump into giving advice to people when a mm. client would come to me and I'm like wait a minute this whole time. What was I doing? Like I, I had thought that I had to prove myself to clients that I had to come with the answers before even asking them what's going on, like what's bringing you here, what drove this to for you even come here, and so that was that really helped me. And then when he suggested that I learn brand strategy. When I learned that, I was like, okay, now everything's clicking because it almost felt like that, that is what I had been preparing for the past few years. Mm -hmm. It's like actually getting outside of myself and stop focusing on myself and focus on the person in front of me. And I've always liked to ask a ton of questions and be curious. And so I just felt like, oh, this is what, this is what I've always been wanting to do. But it was almost like, I needed, I needed to be a different person in order to do it in order to be ready for it. So if someone would have introduced that to me at the beginning of my career, I wouldn't have been in the right mindset, mindset to actually be excited about it, to care, to do it in a way that actually puts the client first. No, I would I would have been horrible. So I felt like I had years of preparing. And then when it came to like, okay, this is, I think you should learn this. It was like, heaven's open. <laughs> like, okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well i mean oh my god there's so much there i have like forty thousand things written down here first of all, story the whole act of telling your story is is awesome it's so powerful right when you can when somebody says come and just be honest be open be you it's like oh okay and then when you share your story and you realize i'm sure people have reached out to you throughout over yeah. the the years now saying thank Hundreds. you for doing oh, yeah. this right and yeah. how awesome is it like and all you did was get up there and share about what you are struggling with. You weren't even mm-hmm. trying to tell anybody anything, teach anybody anything. You're just like, oh, I suck at this and this and I want help with this and this. And please help me. And that's how you F and learn quick. That's how you grow mm-hmm. quick, right? And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that is amazing. You know, I think a lot of people, there's this quote uh, now as I started kind of working on my own that didn't make sense to me until more recently. And it's the harder I worked, the luckier I got. And it's such a funny thing when you start working your ass off, you start doing something that you're excited about and passionate about and you just keep doing it. Like things start happening. Like even my conversation with Gary Vaynerchuk was pure luck. But I've also been working my ass off over the last, you know, three years, you know, kind of doing Mm -hmm. things. And it's just so amazing how that can all come together. And when you kind of just put things out there for the universe and just like, all right, I'm going to do my best and learn something. Yo, yeah. everything ends up being pretty, pretty chill, pretty cool, and works out well.
1: Yeah, and people don't talk about that. They just see the conversation mm-hmm. with Gary Vaynerchuk. They see yeah. me being coached by Chris. Christo yeah. Studio. Yeah, and they don't. Oh, see... she's lucky.
0: She got to hang exactly. out with Christo. Like, no, she worked her exactly. ass off and got noticed, and then was able to do some stuff with him.
1: Yeah, exactly. But when I hear like people say that, like, whatever you just got, the <laughs> excuses. It's like I see. Early me in that because hmm. then it, it gets me off the hook to actually do something about it to actually put in work yep. that might not give me a lucky break like that that it might fail and that's like who wants to waste their time right it's so much easier to go yeah. well they were just lucky
0: any anything but to try we're so scared to fail so many of us and yeah. I think people are again through your you telling your story and which is why I love having these conversations because people get to hear stories. And I think it's like, oh, I'm not the only person that's struggling with that. And that's a powerful thing.
1: I think people need to hear, too. Like, I, I have failed at many things. Mm-hmm. So before that, too, before I met him, like, there were so many different businesses that I started. Like, you know, I was like queen of buying the domain names and registering <laughs> businesses and like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then it's just not working out. Like, one thing or another, it's just wrong market, wrong me, whatever. It doesn't work out multiple times. I can't even tell you mm-hmm. how many things I tried to get started that completely failed. And I put hours, hours, years into some of these things. And they didn't go anywhere. But I think the point is just to keep going. Like yep. just keep going.
0: Yep. And and I always, you know, I always say, no matter what it is, whether it's a crazy tragedy or just some little challenge, that if you can stay out of self pity and just keep your eyes open while you're on the ground, whenever you fall, keep your eyes open and just try to learn something it becomes an almost like a a blessing in disguise yeah
1: Yeah, and keep i I love that too and like keep your eyes open for people who are also in the same place like you fall there's probably someone next to you that's fallen too
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know help them up while you help yourself up too i think that's also what encourages me to share now my story is because Like, I know what it feels like to hate what you do, but to know the excitement that you had when you first learned it, Mm -hmm. the creativity and design, there were so many things like problem solving that I loved and that's why I got into it. But then to be completely dismayed I'm like, wait, this is what it is. This is all there is. And I want to show people like, no, 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 that's not all there is. Like you can get over that hump, but it's most likely has to do more with you <laughs> than <laughs> anything else, <laughs> you know, like once you get over that, then it's like, you'll see that there's so many possibilities. There's so many opportunities, but, but first you gotta get this straight.
0: It, it's so funny. Cause I kind of did things watching, you know, the future watching just really all over the place, even like, I think, I mean, not, I think, Gary Vaynerchuk does it all the time. You know, it's so funny, these people teaching along with business, along with design, along with other creative things, how to be introspective and work on yourself and how to develop that confidence and that self-love. And I mean, I I remember when I was 26, I remember I just, I turned off television. I think I went a few years after that without even watching TV, but I'm going to fix myself. All right? I just dove into books, psychology, philosophy, whatever. But I had no none of this self-love, none of this self-accept, none of this confidence, none of this ability to fail. And you just end up getting this list of things that you suck at. And that's about <laughs> it. And you feel like the biggest piece of crap ever on the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think such an important thing that's being taught and happens from people like you sharing what you've struggled with and how you've gotten over things is it just... I mean, it completely brings you together with people. It completely allows you to work on things and just become a better thing. But it's so interesting how that's all being taught with business, with design. Like, because you have to, you can't, you can be the greatest designer in the world. But if you're a crappy communicator, if you don't like yourself, if you can't try to just jump into something you're uncomfortable with, you're going to be stuck your whole life.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because. I feel like, especially in something like design where it's visibly noticeable, if you're good, Yeah, it's easy to hide behind. And I know for myself, and I've seen this in comments on YouTube, people are like, why do you, con- why do you concentrate so much on mindset? Just give us the process. Just teach us how to do this thing. And it's funny because it's easy to hide behind good design. It's like, a, um, what is it? A crutch. You know, Mm -hmm. that, well, I'm good at design. I'm good at design. I don't have to look at myself. I don't have to work on my communication skills because it's all the client because they didn't value it enough because they didn't pay me enough or whatever the case is, or they needed to go to Fiverr. And I think that's where I had like this unconscious belief that if I were to get better at design, then all my problems would go away, which in talking with Chris too, I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> it's like, oh, the soft skills, the soft skills yeah. of even being confident to talk to someone in a sales meeting and how to do that or how to run a room or asking better questions and and like really taking a look at like where are all these objections coming from, or my negative attitude or my beliefs about certain things that I've made up. Like
0: they're just made up. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh, all the time.
1: Oh my gosh. Like all the stories <laughs> that we tell ourselves that I never questioned until he like poked at it and started asking me questions about it. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh, like what's wrong with that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's huge to have a person in your life that can do that. You know, we all have that person in our life that we know we can go to and they'll just agree with us. But we also need that person in our life more so than the other to just be like, um, I'm going to call you out there on your bullshit. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And he, he was, he is really good at that. Even to this day, <laughs> like I'll say something totally not even thinking that it's just steeped in my own bias and assumptions. And he's just like, Hey, why, what, what, what about that? <laughs> and, I'm <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and I'm just totally oblivious to it, but also because I was ready for it too. I welcome it. Although mm. it, it did feel like my ego was like being punched like every You do few still seconds. feel
0: p- a pinch no matter what.
1: Oh, I did. <laughs> I did. It's like, "Okay, you got it. But but it makes you stronger, right? It's like that practice of you get punched in the face and you get back up and you're like, "Okay. Okay, coach. What else do you have for me?" <laughs> so,
0: that's that is the best way to learn. It is. But I th- again, I think it comes back to that people need to develop that love for themselves that okayness of all right it's okay not to be effing perfect we all have this in our heads and it's unbelievably unrealistic one of my favorite books i read a chapter in it was called um take care of yourself like somebody you love i think he was just basically he was like people take better care of their dogs than they do themselves and people cut everybody else some slack and not themselves and this guy, he's a clinical psychologist, and he was talking about this couple he was with that their granddaughter committed suicide, and the wife kept just blaming herself. And she, and the guy was like, "Well, do you blame your husband the same way you blame yourself?" And she was like, "No, I would never do that." He's like, "Well, why are you blaming yourself? Come on!" Mm. And we do that all the time. We we put these expectations on ourselves to be perfect, and it's so dumb, right? When you say, like you said, when you say it out loud, "I have to be perfect," like that sounds so ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was just talking with some friends the other night, because we're actually going through a self-compassion workbook. Awesome. Um, yeah. And um I had this realization that the more self-compassionate we are to ourselves, it it's contagious. It encourages mm-hmm. other people to also be self-compassionate as well. And so when they see like, oh, you're not beating yourself up, that means I shouldn't beat myself up. It gets this it's this feeling mm-hmm. that that yeah, it's contagious, and same goes for the opposite. So if I'm super self-critical, then it teaches other people around me. Oh, no, oh, I gotta hold myself to that standard as well. I should be beating myself up over this too, because they're beating themselves up over that. And it might not be that conscious, but that's what we're we're teaching people to do. Anyone that we're around, so mm-hmm. whatever state that we're in, if it's self-compassionate, or if it's if it's you know self-pity or beating ourselves up, that's that's gonna spread. And people are going to catch on and they're going to learn, oh, that's the way I should be too, if that's what you're doing.
0: Hmm.
1: And so then that really helped me because then it's not just, it's not just about me. And I think you used the word connection earlier and it increases connection with people too. Like, it's this weird thing of like, you think you're just being self-compassionate with yourself, but when you do that, again, it affects other people and then it makes you more connected to other people too. So it's, it's a really cool thing that happens yeah it's
0: it's so hard to explain too right it's just it is it's amazing how mm-hmm. that happens I'm doing a little video project for this mental health counselor and she just wrote a book and the title of the book is selfish is the new selfless because it's so interesting how when you start becoming all right I'm gonna work on me take care of the things I need to take care of and you know what I'm gonna set healthy boundaries and I'm gonna tell people no when I mean no and all of a sudden you end up being able to help more people yeah and it's just—it's yeah. amazing. And the, again, yeah, like you said too, the connection is—I mean, that's what we all long for as human beings.
1: Yeah, I heard um, there was that TED talk that was the opposite of sobriety is, yeah, the opposite of oh, addiction yeah. is not sobriety—it's connection.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I thought what that the was Johan Hari, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, that did yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so—that's a very interesting thing because you know the whole getting in, even the substance abuse and even mental health—it's so backwards how we take care of it in this country yeah I mean I know I know a lot of it we had to get it out of the judicial system especially addiction but it's just like uh, so much much of what we do does not help stigma does not I mean I feel like we put a lot of um, boundaries and boxes on people and they feel like they're stuck with what they're struggling with for the rest of their life and some people are good with that and can manage and that's fine but I mean I think a lot of cases that's not the case especially in addiction I think you know people aren't just getting to the root of issues and you can take that forward and spread that everywhere people are watching sports people are watching Netflix people are shopping people are diving Mm -hmm. too much into their design work and not working on themselves and it's awesome Mm -hmm. to see this this thing of business and introspection colliding and kind Mm -hmm. of like hey if you want to get better at one you got to get better at the other
1: yeah and if you want to get better and be happy while doing it I know I'm sure, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm guessing that there's probably a lot of successful people in business that aren't very self-reflective or self-aware or whatnot, but I'd rather, you know, do well and enjoy what I'm doing (laughs) and be good to others and be connected to other people in the process. Cause you know, I noticed when, when I was the designer who wanted to prove myself and all that, I was so isolated. And I wanted to be isolated. Like I wanted to work alone. I didn't want to work on a team. I thought that was oh, don't want to do that. I never did team sports growing up. I didn't want to. I always was doing solo things. So things like I could do alone: ice skating, playing the piano, anything where I could do it just by myself. Because I had this illusion that like I can have full control. Whereas if you have other people involved, you can't control them. Like it's chaotic. And so I'm like, I'm going to control my surroundings. Really, <laughs> so I couldn't even do that. And And then I got into design, which I could do by myself behind my computer alone, didn't have to talk to people. And then I could freelance by myself alone, everything like thinking that, that I could do this alone. And then now that I'm on this side of it, working more in brand strategy, teaching, I have a team that teaches with me and helps me run my business. And I would not, I would not give this up even to make more money. If it's like, okay, if you got rid of your team right now, you could still, you could make more money because mm-hmm. of it. I wouldn't do that. I would not give up my team. I absolutely adore them. And that connection that I have with them and how we can help people get out of that isolation, that like the self-loathing and then like thinking that, no, I just I have to control everything and do it by myself. Like there's a different way. And it's one full of connection and creativity and fun and not that like icky feeling of feeling like you have to prove yourself mm-hmm. or it doesn't involve any of that, and I want
0: that for people. Yeah, that's awesome. I had to leave a little silence there for a minute because I think that is super powerful. It really is, and it is it is tough because I can get stuck in this room too, especially when COVID first happened. Oh, my gosh. I remember like first getting back out over the last few months to even do in-person podcasts with people in my area. It was like, ah, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> It's Even though you know something's good for you, we still don't want to do it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally. Finding that, working with people, I think is, that connection, again, I think is so important and huge. Mm -hmm. And Melinda, how do you, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was just going to bring up, like, it reminds me of how so many designers hate to market. They're like, I just will do really good at my work and I'll get all the clients. And they don't want to market. They don't want to spend that time connecting with people and putting their efforts in non billable hours where it might not turn a profit. It might not result in an outcome. And it's just interesting to see that the people that actually just go out and give value to people as their, let's say quote unquote marketing are those that are building such strong connections and that build trust and get known. And then they're going to be referred maybe years down the line, but they're going to be the ones that come first to mind because they were always there. It's like, who are you going to think of? The person that's been there for you this whole time. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, well, that's, that.
0: That, that's an awesome point to add because I think that is a, a big piece of it, right? That, that saying, you have to know enough for the saying to be true, I always say, but it's not you know what you know, it's who you know. You have to know a certain amount at least to be able to say that, but it is. I mean, people will take, I think it's said all the time on the future YouTube channel. You know, People will will take somebody who they trust and they know, and are connected to than they will somebody who's more talented mm-hmm. spending that time and energy in networking is super important but it does i mean energy i say energy because it i'm kind of i'm pretty well balanced now introvert and extrovert but i need alone time and like doing conversations like this as much as i love every moment of it it takes energy for me like if i do two podcasts one day that's too much like same you know, it <laughs> yeah. is it is it's like because especially yeah. i love podcasting because a the conversations but it's made me so much better listener working on being active actively listening i'm not responding to one thing they said i'm going to listen and then worry about the response as it comes and it's it's very it takes energy to do that to really be there to really listen to somebody it takes energy and we just have to really find that balance i think is super important as Mm -hmm. kind of things move on but i was gonna i was gonna ask you before you brought that up how have you dealt with because even like with, um, social media or whatever, just posting it and just putting your work out there for anybody. There's, there's so much anxiety involved in that <laughs> more than any of us mm-hmm. ever like to admit. Mm-hmm. And what has been kind of your, your process kind of going through that? Cause I know that's such a, even now three years. And for the most part, I don't really give a shit. Right. But there's still, even that imposter syndrome comes in with design. Oh, I only opened up Photoshop for the first time six months ago. I can't put my work out there or I can't do this or I can't apply for a graphic design job or whatever that is, even though I know how much hours I put in, in these last six months, but it's anxiety, right? It's an mm-hmm. syndrome. How have you kind of been able to battle that encounter getting through that?
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. And I still feel that like, even before it's a I battle, post yeah. something, I'm like, oh, I get like the jitters. <laughs> like, do I really want to put this out? But the more I put out, like the more I post, cause my main um, content is on Instagram and the more I just post it it's like drop it and run like just get it out <laughs> like the more i do that i look and i'm like oh it's just a bunch of stuff like i don't have to, i'm not there like perfecting i had to get over perfecting my grid
0: and There's like, that. Again, right? i'm Perfection. like no I,
1: the message when this actually really helps so i have um i have this friend mo and he actually does the cutting of my videos and video strategy for me okay. on Instagram. But we're also really good friends. We meet once a week, he's an accountability partner and we just, you know, keep each other in line. And I was having a really difficult time posting and I was like, well, I don't know what the heck's going on. Like, I just, I, I haven't posted for three months and I would go really hard for like a month or a month or two. I would like post all the time. And then I would just drop off the face of the earth and not do anything. And I'm like, I know I need to do this for my business I know that it would be helpful for people. I just can't get into it. And I was really stuck. My like designer perfectionist came out, like the posts have to be like, they should look a certain way. And Got really hung up on that. And he, in a series of questions that he asked me, it came down to like, well, what's the number one thing you're trying to do here? Like what, if you were to do the one thing, if it were to do one thing, what would that be? And it came down for me as connection. If it connects mm. with someone, it speaks to someone. That's all that matters. does not matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if everything's perfect or the videos are cut exactly right. Or if I look a certain way or talk a certain way, if it's a video, all that matters is that it speaks to someone that it connects to someone. And when he helped me realize that I was like, Oh, duh, like (laughs) this whole time, I was stuck in this, like it, the proving like that the, the monster kept coming out like Mm -hmm. you have to prove yourself you have to look a certain way and once it it came down to like the message is more important than the medium the connection that you make with someone how you help them that's what matters then it snapped me out of it that and then i also read uh, mindset from carol dweck Mm -hmm. Uh, so some of my coaches that teach with me um we were all reading it so we're talking about it and at the end, she suggests that you name your fixed mindset so that, you know, critic that always is saying that stuff to you about yourself um, or other people. So name it, give it a name. And the first name that came to me was Mr. Brick, because I just feel like he's, he's just sitting on my shoulders. So like with the Instagram, I couldn't do anything. Like I, I couldn't post and because I had him in my ear, like sitting on my shoulders saying, it needs to look a certain way. you know. oh, it's probably not gonna look as good as so-and-so's and whatnot. And so it just stops me from doing things. So I start I start having conversations with Mr. Brick. So I'll be like, what's going on, Mr. Brick? Why are you feeling that way? And I'll journal, like I'll literally journal the question mm-hmm. as if I'm asking him like, what's going on here? And then I will answer it based off of that, like whatever's whatever I'm feeling. And naming it has helped me detach from seeing it as me and then i can handle it and then even like talking with the coaches and my friends i'd be like you know what mr rick did today and like <laughs> talking about him is a completely a separate person and like and here's what i did and then like i'll give them a conversation of like the question and my answer and how i worked through it and then by the end it's like okay i'm good and i'm over it and i can work <laughs> through it so that's how i uh, maintain
0: that. that's great It's well it's so funny too it seems like I find the cheesier something is, the better it works. Like, oh, yeah. it seems it's so memorable. cheesy. Yeah. It's like yeah. so cheesy, given your giving your inner critic a name and talking to it out loud. And it's like, what the fuck am I doing here? But it yeah. it's so funny how awesome that is. Because I honestly, I've done, went through a sim- very similar process. And where, I mean, I always talk out loud to myself, which is another reason why I like working by myself because I'm just more efficient when I hold up conversations out loud. Like, I'll literally talk to myself out loud like this when I'm alone. But talking to it, naming it, and just being like, dude, what's up? Because I really, that is, I think, one of the, one of my favorite, when it's balanced, one of my favorite things about being able to think about thinking is that. Mm-hmm. Because that constantly pushes me to be better. But when it becomes abusive, when it becomes violent, I guess is a great word for it, because it can. It can be the most belittling thing in your world, and to separate it from who you are and whatever that means <laughs> who you are and kind of separate it from it and give it a name and something different it's like you can learn to all right well i don't have to be this all the time so what's going on what do you need and when you do that you know you kind of start seeing things are getting balanced and it does become a tool mm-hmm. and i want That's to start lovely. a book club too that sounds awesome i need to get more f- <laughs> i need to get more friends so i can start a book club <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yes books are books are great. We have them. So we're, we teach brand strategy. And so we have a group of students, but like us coaches, there's three of us Mm -hmm. like get together and we'll be like, Hey, I'm reading this book. And then we'll all end up reading it, but then we'll all talk about it so much in the Q and A's and in the classes that students are like, well, I guess, I guess we're reading this book now. And so (laughs) then they all end up reading it, which is really great. But they just hear us like incessantly talking about these books that we're reading that we're all into, which was mindset. Last year it was like, last year was the mindset year and it really Mm -hmm. helped. A lot of us it
0: was a good year to have the mindset year i would say yeah for, for sure i think well what a, again you know, i mentioned it earlier it's such an important piece whether whatever you're do, trying to do professionally if you start working on who you are as an individual with some love and some acceptance and some patience and everything else it's like it becomes fun again
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah that's kind of what you said in the beginning there's you know so many people who are just not having fun anymore something that they loved when they first started yeah, that's sad. It is. It can be draining. Melinda, anything else you want to? How do people get in touch with you? You mentioned you have an Instagram page, but didn't mention that. Mm-hmm. I will uh, make sure I link all that stuff when I post this. But. How do people get in touch with you, whether it's just to uh, check you out, what you got going on, or maybe to do some work with?
1: Yeah, um, Instagram. So Melinda Livesey on Instagram, Twitter, Melinda Livesey underscore, I think that's the username, at LinkedIn. Marks and Maker is my site. Mm-hmm. Or if you type in MelindaLivesey.com, goes to the same place. And then I'm starting to tap into Clubhouse as well, trying that out. And um, they can also find me on the future on YouTube
0: awesome yeah and i will uh link all that stuff below when i post this that was it was so funny uh you know what i gotta tell fabian because when i did a podcast with him you came up and uh, (laughs) like because we were talking about mental health we got into that too a little bit which was cool and you came up and i said live and he said live C and i was like is that how you pronounce it and he was we having this debate so i was like i gotta ask her because i just always (laughs) thought it was live that was my that was my go-to You got it. Z. Yeah. See, all right. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to send him an email after this and tell him he <laughs> was wrong. <laughs> but thank you again. You are an incredible human and I'm so grateful that you were able to just chat with me.
1: Thank you. It's an honor.
0: And not a problem. And I will, obviously I'll, I'll be in touch with you. I'm probably, I think I got the schedule to go next Monday. Oh, wow, um, That's fast. But I if will, I uh,
1: could also get the the video recording.
0: I was just going to tell you that. Yep. I will helpful. send you everything. Not a problem.
1: Thank you. And send me to your your handles as well, anything that we can tag.
0: Okay. I will do that. Awesome. That'd be helpful. All right. Thank you so much. You're awesome. And I'll be in touch. All right. Okay. Sounds
1: good. Thanks.